Sugarcoated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, and welcome back to Sugar Coated. Today, we have a really interesting guest. I cannot wait to hear her thoughts. Her name is Deb Shell, and she is a lot of different things, which I think so many of us women are. She is a community builder, and she helps other people build communities. Uh, she's a photographer. She's a journalist. She's an author of an upcoming book, and she's also a coach. I think she's also probably a lot more than that. So welcome to Sugar Coated Deb. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, I have other things in my toolbox. Uh, I like the term multi-potentialite. I feel like that's a really good definition. I learned that a couple of years ago and was like, yeah, that's pretty much me. I like I think I see potential in a lot of different opportunities. Yeah. Oh, you're an entrepreneur, right? It's that entrepreneurial mindset. We scan the environment for opportunities. Yeah. And then it's like, how do you take those opportunities and turn them into something of value for other people? So tell me, Deb, let's wind it back. How did you get to where you are right now? What are some of the, you know, the, the different twists and turns in your path that landed you here? Yeah. So I did go to school for journalism and uh, graduated right right after 9-11, <laughs> which, which was a rough time to yeah. try to be in uh, journalism and at, on the verge of everybody getting phones with cameras in them and all that kind of stuff. But I did, you know, full-time reporting in journalism for a number of years. And then I realized that that wasn't going to pay my bills. <laughs> and so I went into sales and did sales and worked in corporate sales for almost five years, but I hated it. It wasn't something that I was loving. I wasn't like excited. I was kind of doing the dreading thing to get there. And <sighs> finally, I had been searching in about 2016, 2017, I'd been looking for online courses to learn how to build an online business because I had had a photography business that was a location-based business in, in the central Pennsylvania area where I'm based. But I wanted to figure out how to work with people online. And mm. there wasn't a lot of resources in my local community at the time. And so uh, going online to search and, and searching to find them, I found a community called Location Indie who their community focuses on solo entrepreneurs who want to travel and helping them do that. So I was like, sign me up. That sounds amazing. And I uh, joined this. I took a course. I had multiple courses and got to meet people inside the community. And so over a couple of years, built relationships with those people, met them in Denver, Colorado in 2018, met them again oh. in, in Mexico in 2019. And through that experience, I realized how important communities are. And mm -hmm. I realized that over my lifetime, I had been building communities in other places, like in-person communities. And so when I 
quit my corporate job, my plan was to launch a travel writing business. And mm. I had pitched, I was pitching editors in January, February, and March of 2020. And then something happened in 2020 that made us all pause. <laughs> mm. What and, was that? <laughs> and at that time, I was sitting there like, okay, now what? I just had this Ugh. plan and was, you know, excited to like do my thing. And, and then all of a sudden, I thought, well, I can bring people together. I was doing on the side, I was just doing, again, some multi-potential. <laughs> I was learning all of these things from friends online that live all over the world and friends in location in central PA. And I wanted to bring some resources together and create a retreat or a workshop. And so I hosted a workshop, a one-day workshop at my house with 10 women. We connected and it was amazing. And so I did it again. That was in November of 2018. Then we did it again in January of 2019. And I was going to do another one in April. And so then when all of this stuff happened, everything closed up, I thought, well, I need to figure out how to transfer this to online because I really think we, I would love to do it online. I, I met someone and he kind of helped me put together a framework of what that might look like. I got some more training and learning and practicing. I eventually launched my online community in 2020 with a four-hour virtual summit and 15 speakers and all the wow. bells and whistles that you could possibly imagine. Wow. Um, and I had zero paid members mm -hmm. at the end of my launch weekend. Yep. So from then, this is in June in 2020. So then from June to December, I was just kind of trying to figure out what's next. So like, what should I do? How should I get income? How am I going to make this a business? Yeah. At the same time, the people who kept showing up were community builders. <laughs> <laughs> in, in my uh, yes. community. And they were asking me because I had kind of built on this platform called Muddy Networks and they were asking me some technical questions and they were asking me some facilitation questions. And I re like somebody was, uh, I worked on a call with someone to help them navigate a problem. And, and she said, Deb, the 15 minutes that we did that fixed and solved that, I've been trying to fix that for six months. <laughs> wow. And I was like, wow, okay. So, so many people in this little community, we met every week for six months and mm. talked about our communities. And that's what came out of, what came out of that was the Mighty Mastermind and some people that I ended up working a little bit more in depth with later in 2021. But those people became clients. They said, Deb, you really should get paid for this. <laughs> and wow. so I said, really? Well, that's, I'm trying to look for money somehow. So maybe <laughs> that, that works. works. So <laughs> I ended up recouping the amount of money that I invested into the business by consulting rates and then have since helped over 60 entrepreneurs across the globe build, launch, and grow online communities and that's amazing. And then I, I had a podcast and I had done uh, interviews with over 100 community builders on the Community Strategy Podcast. Ah. And then I recently wrote a book, which you mentioned briefly. So I'll pause yes. there because I just said a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it so much. Is is the is the book published yet or it's not yes. out yet? It's, it's published. Out. Yes, uh, it's published. OK, great. So we'll have to include that in the show notes. So I love this so much. And I, I think that your story and your journey is something that so many of us can relate to. You know, we, you know, just even stepping back, it's like we go to school for something that we that we love a, a lot of times, you know, maybe sometimes we're undecided or whatever. And then, you know, we have a plan and then circumstances change or maybe we change and then we have to reconsider that plan. 
right? So many people are faced with that. And it seems like you definitely have an entrepreneurial and growth mindset, which I talk about all the time. And it seems that, you know, you kept going. And that I think is is maybe one of the most critical aspects. You You didn't stop and say, now what? And then go, you know, put the covers up over your head. You said, now what? Let me try something. Let me do something. At least that forward momentum is going to result in something, even though if you don't know what it is, that's okay. Right. Yeah. And I love this, how you stumbled upon your gift, really, in helping other communities be community builders. And community right now, it's like the hot thing. Everybody realizes that, you know, this is the key to success. We need to surround ourselves with people that are sort of like on our side and that can help us. So for, I guess, the people that are, are out there that either have a community that is maybe struggling or they're thinking about, you know, the fact that, that, adding a community to what it is that they do could really help them to maybe grow their business or get some more exposure. What are some of the, you know, just like, I guess, the best practices that you suggest? The best first thing I would say is we have to define what is the community. A lot of people think that an audience is a community, and I would suggest it's not because you're basically, when you're doing a podcast or doing a YouTube, you know, you're just projecting whatever it is to these people, but they Mm -hmm. aren't able to really technically build relationships with each other. And that's Mm. the difference is you have to have a space where these members of your community can connect and they're encouraged to connect. And you also have to create psychological safety so that they connect. Mm. And you have to understand what the problems are that you're solving. It's like any other business, you have to solve a problem. And especially in these days when there is community for everything, you can't be everywhere online or in person. So you have to make choices about what's the priority. Am I going to spend my time at this networking group or am I going to, you know, go online to these, you know, places to like connect or learn courses or how do you fit that in your day? So an individual is approaching the community asking what problem does this community solve? The community builder might not be... (laughs) answering that question, they might be focused on, here's my content, come here. And a lot of the time I hear that from clients. They said, well, I'm just going to put up my course. It's a self-study course. And then, you know, when they pay for it, they'll jump into that community and then they'll just start talking. And I said, no, they won't (laughs) Mm. because they don't know each other. They haven't been introduced. They don't know why, like who's in the room and why they should talk to them. Unless you give them that instruction and then model it for them and then also help giving them examples or experiences where they can intentionally connect with each other to help maybe a pairing program or something like that where you're intentionally connecting people together. So those are a few. Yeah, these are great. And I think that there's such a nuance to what you're saying here because so many times people do want to create a community almost because they do have that whatever it is, that personality, that podcast, that thing. And they think, listen, people will, you know, gather together around it and it'll naturally happen. But what you're suggesting is that you need to switch out of that role and become a facilitator. You need to almost not not fade in the background, but it can't be 
all about you. It has to be all about the community. And as the person that is sort of in charge of running the community, you have to know how to connect people. And what you said about modeling that behavior is is key. So how, how do you model that behavior? So sometimes people say, well, how do I get them to connect with each other? And we have these lovely tools online that help us. And so Zoom, you know, Zoom and and these other tools that help connect us to each other and the capabilities they have to do breakout rooms are one of the best and and most transformational experiences I've had because I've been in community with thousands of people. And having a breakout room where you connect with one or two or three people and mm-hmm. you spend five minutes talking to them, you can do a lot in five minutes in a call mm. and you can really get to know somebody. And I've had relationships that I met somebody for five minutes that turned into businesses or networking events or that turned into other things that client wow. referrals, all that kind of stuff, were just a best friend, you know, a new friend. Yeah. And yeah. it just yeah. it just is really amazing, like just taking that intentional time to help them connect in a Zoom room during, you know, a group call, maybe you have a main call and then you'd have some breakouts so that they can do some fun things in little pods or or something like or pairing and things like that. You give them a prompt, you say here chat about this, you have them go in there in the Zoom room for 5 minutes, you have them pop back out. How was that? What was that like? Now they've kind of talked. So mm. now they're more willing to share. So if you jump into a call with like Who's having problems today? <laughs> like, I don't know that anybody's going to be like, I am. <laughs> but yeah. you might have somebody, once you get into the, if the same question is asked and it's the two people, you and I are in a room, and I'd be like, you know, I'm really struggling with getting to bed at a normal time because I just keep watching Netflix until the, <laughs> you know, until it's time to get up. Almost. Like, sunrises. <laughs> right. Not quite that bad, but I mean, you know what I mean? These are problems. Yeah. This is a real problem that some people yeah, have. Yeah. So in the community, does the community help solve that problem? Well, maybe the community helps me build an evening routine. Mm. And that way I'm like, okay, Deb's evening routine is to stop uh, TV at 11 o'clock. It's off. Or no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. And Deb goes up and she changes and she does her teeth and the, you know, she gets her book yes. and then she calms down and then she can go to sleep. But <laughs> then they've talked about those discussion points and maybe they don't have a solution at the time. They're just kind of saying, I have that problem. And the other person's relating because they kind of have a similar problem. Like, yeah, it's not Netflix for me, but I have like work that I end up doing until, you know, it's time to go to bed. And mm. so they'll talk about those things and they've shared the problem a little bit inside that little pod together. But then when you bring them back in the room and you say, how was that? Then you can actually share, they will be more willing to share that and say, oh, well, here's what we were talking about. It was really interesting mm. what Adrian said about this thing and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And you're really helping them feel more comfortable. And that's a, really about like just helping with them with that feeling of it's safe here. It's okay to share yeah. something. I can share a tough thing. And yes, and but <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, yes, it's good to share things. However, not everybody is going to do that. And it depends on the subject matter and it depends on the person and all these things. There's there's variance. Community is so wide and yeah. variety because humans are wide. <laughs> you know, we have so many different cultures and practices and understandings. And so yeah. we're we're just, especially in a global world, we're just trying to like 
understand each other sometimes. And so, yeah. So it's those, fundamental. Yeah. yeah it it doesn't like, always work the way, the best way, but, and there's other ways online and there's other ways. And, and I, like I said earlier in person, like if you can have a, a hybrid model where maybe you have once a year, twice a year, some kind of retreat that you get together with people that they can really connect in person, that really solidifies communities. I mean, that personally, that was my experience has made me yeah. want to stay in that community as long as I did. Yeah, I love this. And I I feel like the communities online really got so much bigger, you know, during the pandemic. Obviously, it was like the way to connect. And there were all these, all these things that came out, like, uh, what was that online chat thing that came out? I'm totally blanking on the name of it, where it was like a party line. I don't know if you remember that or not. Um, Oh, yeah, I was on that. Yeah. Yeah, I was on it too for a hot minute and then it got crazy because people wanted to have that human connection and the way to do it was online and online made it actually really easy. So it's, it's sort of like this new this new thing emerged because people weren't able to, you know, get together and go to conferences or things like that. You know, maybe there had been online membership communities for like, you know, an association or like a group or something, but now it's exploded and anybody, literally anybody could, can create a community. And I even have a a community or had one because I I experienced some issues myself. So I I produced the She Leads conferences and have every year since 2013 gathering people together live in person. And uh, during the pandemic, I moved the model to an online conference and it was great, but it just wasn't the same. And so I decided, well, you know, maybe we launch an online community so that instead of once a year, people can be talking all the time, just like they do at the conference, right? That does seems logical. But and I, I actually launched the community on Mighty Networks because I love the fact that Mighty Networks was started by a brilliant woman. And I actually know that back in the day, she created a community platform called Ning. Ning, yeah. And I was on Ning even back then trying to play around with it because I thought it was so cool. And I think she's so cool. So I started the She Leads community on Mighty Networks. And I have a sizable number of, of people there. But the number of people versus the engagement is like 500 to one, <laughs> you know. And so I ended up closing it down because It's like adding prompting questions and posting some stuff. You you get one or two people, you know, responding. Every once in a while, people would come to like a live session, you know, four or five people. It just wasn't, it just wasn't what I envisioned it to be. So I feel a little bit like an online community failure. (laughs) So, you know, that's why I'm so interested in in you and what you do, and especially on Mighty Networks, because it is such a beautiful, elegant platform. Yeah, I think your your experience is very common. And it's a lot of what clients come to me for is when they have an existing community, they've launched it, it didn't go how they planned. And now they're like, help me, how do I fix this? And yeah. when you say engagement, what does that mean to you? 
Does that mean they're clicking on the like or the heart button or they're commenting? Because engagement could also be if they're on the live call and you don't even know if they are reading blogs over in your community or there's content, they're watching a video or something. You know, there's some data that you can pull to see what your members are doing in the back end of Mighty Networks. But at the end of the day, you have to figure out not just what you want, but what they want. (laughs) And a lot of people say, well, I want them to do this. I say, great, but you can't make anybody do stuff. No. (laughs) So you have to understand that they have to want to do something. And hopefully that's the same thing that you want them to do. But we have to get them from not interested to interested in whatever it is. So to do that, we have to understand them. And so that's why I talk a lot in the book about ideal members and uh, the idea framework and and understanding who your identity is of this person, like not the persona, which a lot of Mm -hmm. marketing people use as the persona, which is literally a fake person. Mm -hmm. I really focus on using real people. So looking at whose email address that you have that might be interested in your community concept and you could email or call them today and you could tell them about this and you can get feedback from them. Once you kind of get gather some feedback and you have information, then you can kind of, you validate it. Now you've had a little bit of experience. You also kind of now are thinking, well, what do I want from this? Now they're saying this is what they want. Is that the same thing that I want to do? Um, And and then you have to see, well, is this going to be a a solution that can fit in a community? Because not everybody wants to like share their private information in an online community. (laughs) They might be, if it's like uh, accounting or something, well, they're not going to open up their bank statement and show it online, right? They're not going to talk about money. Money is one of the hardest things to talk about. So like community doesn't solve every problem. So I think a lot of people try to solve the problem with community when it's not the best solution for the problem or they are not understanding the right problem. <laughs> like they yeah. think the problem is X and the problem is Y or something oh, like, yes. like that. So those are some things that I've seen. And that's what people ask me about. Second thing you're talking about with engagement, it, it really depends. We don't want to replicate Facebook. No, That's not the, the, not the point. And a lot of my clients are like, well, I have to have a post every day. Or I said, do your members want you? Are they reading your post every day? Are they checking <laughs> in every day? I had a lady at, at a conference ask me, like, I want to um, do a daily podcast. And I said, that's a lot of work. Oh, <laughs> I said, to, you know, oh, well, I'm going to charge for it in this membership community. And, and what do you think about that? And I said, did you talk to anybody about that? Did you ask them what they want? What do they want? And yeah. She said, no. And I said, well, we should probably ask them that question because if they don't care about a daily podcast and you spend six months building that, that's sad, right? We don't want you to waste your time. We want you to be able to create content that's going to be purposeful. And community is about connection. It's not about content. So the other thing people also do Mm -hmm. is think that they need a lot of content, whether it's blog posts, whether it's videos, whether it's a combination of those things and likes and cheers and all those kinds of polls and all that stuff. Because Money Networks has all those awesome features. But those features are designed for people who have larger audiences or somebody who has an established group of people that are coming in. And it's really hard for people to, like I said earlier, like jump into conversations when they don't know who's in the room. So the thing that I see a lot of people doing is trying to replicate Facebook. And we don't want to replicate Facebook. We're trying to be more intentional about how we're connecting to each other and trying to help each other solve problems. So we need to focus on that versus what everybody had for lunch today, you know, (laughs) because that's not really connecting us to anything. You know what I mean? I think 
That that's very similar. What you're explaining is very similar to the just the the fundamental principles of entrepreneurship, right? What is the problem that you're trying to solve? Is the problem really the problem? And how can you most uniquely and compellingly solve the problem for whom? And like, who's the whom, right? Get to know them better (laughs) than you know yourself so that you can do that. I do think that there is a layer, and you said this, there's a layer of, the way that I do that needs to be the same way that Facebook does it because Facebook gets such great engagement from people and they have sort of Facebook, Instagram, they've taught people that when they get a notification, it pulls them into the Facebook or Instagram world and then they stay there for a long amount of time. Mighty Networks and then there's other communities like Circle and some other ones they don't have that same like, oh, let me go check Circle. Oh, let me go check Mighty Networks. Whereas Facebook is like, you know, they have like embedded their, like they have brainwashed us so that the behavior is inherent and the other platforms don't have that behavior baked in. I have gotten feedback from the people in my community that like, oh, it's hard to like, It's like they have to think and take a measured action to go check what's (laughs) going on in Mighty Networks, right? Have you heard this? I'm just (laughs) laughing because you said the person said they had to think and I just laughed. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, that's the point. The point is is we're doing something intentionally. And I will tell you, there's communities on Mighty Networks platform that have 100,000 people. There are people that are 90 years old and 10 years old that are jumping in a Mighty Network. So it's not a barrier to technology for most people. It's not a barrier financially to most people. It's typically about consistency habits, which is what community is about. We have to have a consistency. So not only do we want to connect people together, but we also have to help them remember to connect to each other often so that they can keep building that relationship and getting deeper and deeper. So instead of going wide, which is kind of what social media does, is they're like a million followers. What's the point is that? What is the point of a million followers if none of those people are working with me in my business and we are not friends or what's that? value. It really is. It means nothingness. And what it means is, is that other people, if you create content on those platforms, then people are getting benefit from advertising because the longer those people are. So it's all about like, we have become the content creators who don't get compensated. Yeah. (laughs) Who don't get compensated for any of our content. And we're doing it freely and willingly all the time for for years. (laughs) <laughs> Preach because this is something that when I when I talk to you know certain audiences sometimes and I talk about you know the the power of podcasting and sort of having your own content and your own platform, I specifically call out the fact that Facebook, Instagram, they are building their businesses and getting really really rich off of our backs. Yes, and we are willingly doing this. I mean, wow, when you think yeah and see what's actually going on it's horrifying and yeah. we're we're handing it over you know and that's a that's a whole other podcast <laughs> but just just to say that yeah. that's that's the that's what Gina from Mighty Networks and that's what platforms like this want to solve is they want yes. to say 
you don't need to have advertising. So money networks don't have advertising, you know, unless they choose to. And that's a different conversation, too. But you won't go into a money network and see all kinds of ads for stuff because the point is, is to connect over a specific topic, solving a specific problem for a specific group of people. So those are the people that you're going to see in there. And it's not going to be outside of context. Like I'm not going to see my Aunt Sue or Uncle John, but I'm going to see the people that are really the people I want to show up for. I can put it on my calendar. So people, if they say it was inconvenient, well, I put it on my calendar like you do everything else. You know, when people have meetups, I say, okay, I'll put it on my calendar. And it is intentional. Facebook, the point of Facebook, the other key point there is they want you to be distracted. The whole point of those platforms is not just to take your content, but also to distract you with content. And so the point of what I'm talking about, intentional community building, purpose community building, is about having some kind of reason, rhyme for what's happening and that the value the members are receiving is equal to what they need to get. Like they're getting what they need. So whether you post once a a week or once a month, doesn't matter. If your community is getting what they need, that's okay. You could have people that come in once a month. That doesn't matter. Do you know what I'm saying? If they're showing up to the virtual call or they're going through a self-study course on their own and it takes them six months because it's another community I was in, an online community, the Mindful Living Collective, and he has a course, a year-long course. And so he has people going through that, but sometimes they go through it two or three times. Mm. Like, so two or three years because it will take them, like they will get through six months and they're still on month content for month two because they didn't have time. Because the biggest problem we have is like, we don't have enough time. So, and during the pandemic, we learned that that was the most important key factor is, well, how do we want to spend our time now? So we've got that shift happening of, okay, well, we want to spend our time intentionally, but what does that mean? And where are we going to go with that? But if I do want to do that, what is going to change? What is going to not have my attention anymore? might be social media. It might be people that you remove from your life for whatever reason. It could be a lot of things, (laughs) right? But that time factor is really a factor in if people are going to show up on your platform because they prioritize it and everything's about priorities. Right. And you're and you're delivering the value that they are looking for. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask a question for women out there that are part of the sugar-coated audience, and we have men too. Shout out to the guys. And someone, let's say they have a business and they don't have a community. Do you think that adding an element of community is something that all businesses need to consider. It has to be genuine and authentic, for sure. Don't just slap a community on because it's the latest and greatest thing. But do you do you think that, depending on what the business is, that it could be a helpful addition to the business? Certainly. Product communities have been around for over 20 years. If you think about Apple communities or any support community that you think of when you Google something that's wrong with your computer, your devices, anything like that, those communities have been in forums for years. And there are community managers that have been managing those content, Reddits, all of that stuff. And we're just kind of changing the conversation a little bit to be more intentional about what we're doing. But not every business, well, if you're established, first of all, you have to be established business and have consistent revenue because there is a cost to community. You either have to hire somebody to help you in leading it, or you. I have a couple of examples in the book of how you can run it with or without a team. But 
most people have a team and not just one mm. person, but multiple people because community is about supporting and you can't just support. One person does not have the ability to support a community. It's really got to be a shared mutual responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so that's why like community managers are paid and people are investing in that. So if you have the resources and the time to develop a program that might solve a problem, let's say you're one-to-one -one coaching and you've been doing that for years and years and you have solid revenue from that. And then you say, well, you know, I'm sick of doing 20 hours a week with coaching clients. So you bring in them into a group, you offer a group coaching program and you say, maybe I'll just stop taking new clients and anybody who's new will go, I would offer them this group coaching program. And then I would connect them to these other people who actually have worked with me. And so they actually know a little bit and have experiences to share because it's really about having the members help each other yeah. is what we want to get to. So there is mm -hmm. an idea of passive time and communities are not passive. Communities are the opposite of passive. They are intentional yeah. and present. <laughs> it's the only way we can stay present, basically, is when we're in community with other people is one of the best ways to stay present and not in the past or the future. So I would say it depends on the business, depends on the business, depends on the structure, depends on your a lot of things. But you never know until you try. And at the end of the day, they might be your ideal customer or ideal client. So you have to establish if you're in the beginning of things and you want to do a free community, it might be helpful for you to help them get to know, like, and trust you over time in a specific space. So those are other opportunities where even if you're not established, but you want to have a place for them to come and learn more about you to establish that, that know, like, and trust, then that's another opportunity. But again, it really just depends on your resources, your content, your availability, and you have to figure out what you want to do as a host, because some people like say, oh, yeah, I'm ju I just did a community and they're all excited. And then six months later, like, Deb, I don't want to do a community yet. <laughs> I can't even believe like this is too much because they just did it. You know, they just didn't know like how much they didn't know what they didn't know. Right. Sure. And so a lot of people I see like just kind of ebb and flow with it, find other solutions like one client. She worked with me. We tried to fix her community and then she decided I just want to sell online courses, you know, on Udemy or whatever. And you can do that. Good, good. Yeah. Go, good on you. Go for it. Like do that. Yeah. Then. yeah. This is so great, Deb. I, I feel like you have given us so much information, so many things to think about when it comes to community. And I, I think also whether you want to start a community, I think a lot of what you spoke about can also be applied to when you're thinking about joining a community, what are some of those things that you need to think about? Everything that you went over, I think, can be applied in both ways. I know that I have learned a, a little bit more, especially because I, I have definitely felt a little frustration around the fact that the community that I launched didn't really turn out to be what I intended it to be, even though I know that my heart was in the right place. I think the thing that resonates with me probably the most is the team aspect of it and trying to be one person to sort of serve everybody was too much of an energy exchange outward, which is which was maybe the downfall of it. But that doesn't mean that She Leads won't launch a, another community again in the future because we have a community. We have a community of people that show up for our conferences live. They love connecting with one another. And 
partnerships are formed, relationships, friendships, everything you said. So it's just a matter of like, how does that translate into an online environment and something something for me to to think about? Timing. A lot of it's about yeah. timing too. Like yes. maybe it wasn't the right time then, but it'll be the right time in six months or a year from now. So, you know, always coming back to that. Okay. Well, you know, not that it, and I don't think you're a failure at all. I actually think that you did something really great. You figured some things out, you had some experiences, and now you're taking that into the next iteration of whatever your business looks like. So nothing mm. was lost. Every lots no. more, <laughs> lots more was gained than yes. lost. Yeah. Lessons learned. And that that's so wonderful. It, it just warms my heart to hear you talk about the entrepreneurial process too, uh, because I, I do think, and I, you know, I'm guilty of it. Clearly I said failed. There are so many lessons in, in failures when you're an entrepreneur taking those lessons and iterating and applying them next and having the boldness to put stuff out there and see what happens and learn from it. That's the greatest thing that we can do. And I think sometimes as women, we just get all up in our head like, oh, that didn't work. That failed. And then we go to, I'm a failure. Yeah, (laughs) we connect really badly to really poorly to like these other terminology frameworks. And it's like, no, you just try something. And I'll tell you what, the frameworks that worked for these six and seven figure people is not going to work for everybody. And that was what I learned in 2020 was I was trying to follow somebody else's format and it did not work for me. And the technology is the one thing that most people just jump right to as though it's a shiny, pretty thing. Yeah. But the real truth of it is, it doesn't matter. None of that tech matters if you don't have people. You need people. Yes. (laughs) And you you need people who want to connect with you and with each other. And you have to figure that out by doing the strategy work. And so if mm. clients don't want to do that strategy work, I'm like, I can't work with somebody who doesn't want to. I mean, like if yeah. you want to pay me a lot of money to like design something and throw a bunch of content in there, sure. But I can't guarantee you that it's going to bring people or that you're going to get the results that you want because we didn't do the other work. Yeah. So it's I the always, shine without the substance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So Deb, yeah. how can people who are thinking about building a community, how can they get your book? How they, can they connect with you if they're struggling to, you know, get their community to where they want it to be? How can people connect with you? So the uh, book is called Creator to Community Builder, Find Calm While Building Your Online Community. It is available on Amazon and several other major retailers, but also on my website, creator, the number two, communitybuilder.com. And there's lots of other resources. The podcast is also at findscalmhere.com. So uh, anything at findscalmhere.com, you will find resources there for, I have free checklists. I have a lot of different videos and tutorials. And I have a YouTube, you know, link that that goes to some more explanations of, of certain factors and all that good stuff. So Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for just pouring all of this information into me, into the sugar-coated audience. I know that I have really learned a lot from our conversation, and I hope the audience has too. So thank you very much for your time today. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, always open to chat. So if anybody wants to, wants to chat, just let me know. Send me an email. and happy to chat with you. Awesome.
is the She Leads Podcast Network.